This is A Little Bit Unfiltered, a podcast that's all about taking an unfiltered look at what it takes to succeed in a world where social media often only presents the highlights. You'll find interviews with entrepreneurs, change makers, and friends. This is a space to discuss success without any of the filtered appearances or advice. Only real talk and transparency here. Welcome back to A Little Bit Unfiltered. Welcome back, everyone, to another very special episode of A Little Bit Unfiltered. Today, we are joined by a guest that we have been anticipating for quite a while, Annie Bowles. Annie is the founder of Sugar Free Media, host of the News Du Jour podcast, health advocate, dog mom, the list goes on and on. We are incredibly honored to have a seasoned podcast host join us today. Annie, welcome to A Little Bit Unfiltered. Thank you so much, Sarah. I'm so excited to be here. Amazing. We're excited to have you here. Um, we, I was trying to think before we started recording how long I've been following you. I think it was mm. before Sugar Free Media had the new rebrand and yeah. um, it has been a pleasure and such an inspiration watching you yeah. evolve your brand. And so mm-hmm. we will be talking a bit about the evolution, um, some inspiration, some struggles you might've had, and then um, we will be doing some fun rapid fire questions at the end. Um okay. But before we jump in, is there anything you want our listeners to know about you um, that might set the scene? Um, the only thing we haven't mentioned is that I'm pregnant right now. That's like a big going on in my life, definitely taking things over. Um, and then Sarah, like she mentioned, I started this as a personal blog. So it was called C by Antigone. Antigone is my full, my full first name. And so I, part of the reason I chose that name, Sarah, you probably don't even know this is that I knew the URL would be free and I knew the like Instagram <laughs> handle would be free because Antigone is such a unique name. Mm-hmm. So um, that's part of why I wanted to put my name in the, the title, but it turns out that's a hard name to spell and it's a hard <laughs> name to remember. And so it didn't work great as a brand name. And I knew I always wanted to kind of pull myself out of it a little bit and make it standalone. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, sugar-free media is kind of like that transition happening. That is fantastic. And congratulations on the pregnancy. I never want to, I want it to be your story and allow you to (laughs) tell that, but um, Molly and I send our most heartfelt congratulations. Thank you. Um, But if you want to maybe talk about what inspired you to start the blog, um, Mm -hmm. see by Antigone now known as uh, sugar-free media. Yeah. So it's been a very interesting journey when I was a senior in college, I was in a long distance relationship and I found myself at the airport quite a bit and I'll go to the newsstand and I was interested in the news. I wanted, you know, to know what's going on in the world, but I also wanted to grab a fitness magazine and I also wanted to grab celebrity gossip. And I also wanted to grab like all these different Vogue, all these different magazines. And I thought, you know, men have like GQ and Esquire why don't we have one that puts all these things in one package for us? Because those two male publications go over the news because they know men pay attention to the news and women do too in this day and age. And so I just felt like it was really outdated that we didn't have something like that for women. 
um, that was just more feminine. And so I, um, you know, wanted to start a magazine, like a print publication from the beginning. And I actually registered it like the trademark when I was 22 years old for, it was going to be called Doyen magazine, which is like the head honcho of like the head female in an, in an industry, it's a doyen. Oh and so I thought that'd be really cool. And so that was like what I was going for, but my dad had just, he's an investor mm-hmm. and he had invested in this little newspaper that he'd really believed in. And it tanked, you know, just cause mm-hmm. print is struggling right now. And all their money came from like merchandise. And he just said, Annie, do not do this. <laughs> um, I, I like, I love you. It's a great idea, but he said, start it as a personal blog and just see if there's interest, read the room. You know, if you get some traction, like who knows, maybe you could do a print magazine at some point. And at first I, you know, it was typical like advice from parent where you're like knee jerk reaction, like your ego is hurt. Like my idea is great. Like, why don't you see <laughs> my idea? And, but like, as it sunk in, I just thought, you know what? he's so right. There's so many bloggers I like look up to and that's, is such a cool thing to do and more or less in a like fun feminine way. Like definitely the skinny confidential, someone I followed from like the beginning of her blog, Mm -hmm. which is also, yeah, just like so long to follow someone, but I followed her since college and Um, I really looked up to her when she was starting out and like hustling and like, she's like made it by now, but like, um, you know, she was really like hustling even more than she does today. And, um, I looked at her as an example. And so I started my personal blog and then, you know, I always knew I wanted it to be a publication. So you see (laughs) how the evolution has (laughs) happened now, you know, I wanted it to be this female version of GQ or Esquire. And mm-hmm. I think that confuses so many people online. They're like, what's your niche though? And like, I've had, you know, PR people tell me you have to pick a niche, you know, like mm-hmm. this isn't sustainable. Like this is too all over the place, but my original concept, I stuck to it and I did pare it down to like three main concepts. And like lately I'm with my new assistant. So I have an assistant finally, she's my first hire and she's been so phenomenal. I feel like I totally like won the lottery by finding her, but she's helped me quite a bit because she understands the brand, but she um, can help me like, because she understands the brand, she can help me clarify it. So we've picked the Mm -hmm. categories of health and uh, health and wellness, beauty and fashion, and then news and information because mm-hmm. news is like a big component. That's what our podcast is about is just like an easy way to keep up with the news. But we also love like quick tips and tricks and anything that will make life easier for the modern woman. That mm-hmm. is what we want to publish about. And so we're just trying to support her in all of her endeavors, whether that's having kids or working or working out. Um, we mm-hmm. It runs the gamut. So um, that's really how it got started. That's wonderful. And I think you've done such a great job. I've been keeping up with your TikToks and like the trend of like your three different lives or things like that. Um, And talking about those three different areas, which I think, yeah, that hits it right on the nose. Those are some of the three things that women really care about and need more information on today. And I was wondering when you got the idea in that evolution of sugar-free media to start News Digger. When did... um, news and information become such a centerpiece? Yeah. So I definitely had the concept long before I pulled the trigger, which like, mm-hmm. that's, I think all of us, you know, all entrepreneurs, like we marinate on things or <laughs> most of us, so those of us who don't have just like a bunch of time and money to throw at something, but um, I marinated on it for a long time because I just felt like it would serve a function. 
and I'm a talker. If you can't tell, I love <laughs> to talk and I have my whole life and I was struggling to post consistently on the blog because I'm not as much of a writer, even though that I do consider that a strength. Like I always got good grades in that in school and everything, but it did feel a little bit more like schoolwork than talking mm-hmm. on a podcast. And so my husband during when COVID hit, and we were totally stuck in the house. He was like, it's time. Like you need to do this. I give him full credit because he, every day we were sitting at the table downstairs, you know, working together alongside each other all day, which was wonderful. Like we actually like loved it. And um, yeah, I feel totally spoiled saying that. So I don't tell people that because it's like some people were at each other's throats and I completely can understand that too. That's what I was expecting. But Mm -hmm. he, every single day would be like, so when are you starting this podcast? Like, when's that going to happen? Like now's the time, like we're stuck here. Like people are stuck in their homes. They need to listen to things like it. There has never been a better time. And I'm so glad he pushed me because also, of course, that presidential election election season was so dramatic and January 6th, my God, I mean, I was like at the table, like, what do I do with this? You know, I felt like I wanted to like update people hourly. And I was like, I mean, I don't even know how to do that. So, I mean, there was a lot of drama there in the beginning that actually helped it succeed, I think right off the Mm -hmm. bat. So I'm glad he pushed me when he did, because it, it really was the right time, but uh, I turned what's called a sleeping porch where people used to sleep like back in our, our house is over a hundred years old. So we had this little awkward wow. office space. that's a sleeping porch. And so we hung, my brother's a musician. He helped me with the acoustics and we hung mm. uh, heavy curtains all the way around and then put my rolling rack in here with my clothes <laughs> um, for blogging that, um, or like for Instagram shoots and things like that. I just, mm-hmm. I kind of mapped them out on this rolling rack and it helps with the acoustics too. And um, I, I dove in, but I felt like a 10 to 15 minute news podcast. I love some of the ones that exist, but I felt like, you know, some, there was a flaw that I felt like with each one that I would love to solve and address. And so, yeah, that's why I started it when I did. And I felt like, again, it would serve a function in our modern woman's life. That's amazing. And how long from start to finish did it take you to make all of those adjustments and sort of build your life that it could um, have this in it? You mean for the podcast specifically? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, hmm, yeah, that was tough. I think it took longer than I wanted it to. I think it maybe took like two months, maybe three. Mm -hmm. um, Cause it was also like tough because I wanted to shoot cover art with my photographer that I've used like Mm -hmm. since day one and she and I are both immunocompromised so we were Mm -hmm. like hmm how are we going to do this because this was in like the early days we had no vaccine nothing to protect us so we actually it was really cool I think we shot it through a window um of my home so she came to my front porch and she set up uh, outside because I kind of wanted it to feel a little dreamy and so we thought like that like light reflecting on the glass would make it look really cool and so we just played that way. I sat on a little chair. I was like, hi, you know, through the window. We like put our hands on the window um, to, cause we miss each other so much. Cause we were used to working a lot more together prior to the pandemic. So mm-hmm. that was, yeah, that was a tough uh, loss kind of. And, um, but we, we made it work and it also can take, as you know, probably a, a long time to get onto Apple. So I wasn't sure how long that was going to take and all these things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think maybe two or three months once I decided we're doing this um, mm-hmm. to actually get it off the ground. Yeah, and it sounds like you definitely had a great support system to do it, which I feel like is so essential anytime yeah. you start a new endeavor, even with such a 
within such a successful brand as sugar-free media. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's wonderful to hear. Um, and I know you really work to make it a calmer space to consume news, which mm-hmm. as you were saying during the election season in January 6th, I think everybody was really sort of really wanting that because everywhere you turned, it was just so much noise. Yeah. And since there is so much noise to cut through when you choose which stories to report on, how do you narrow that down and what's your process to do that? Mm-hmm. That's a great question that I get all the time. And really like when I'm in between a bunch of stories or if there's a busy news day and it's like, oh my God, all these are important. You know, I've got to keep it under 15 minutes. What am I going to report on? I always think about her, like, and actually it's funny because our, like when you start a business, sometimes people tell you like, create like a persona, like a a person that you're talking to. And our girl's name, Sarah. Um, <laughs> yeah, our fictional person is named Sarah. Um, but we said she was like a nurse. I wanted her to have like a career that she cares about, something she really cares mm-hmm. about, but maybe it's not like news focused. <laughs> um, and so she need, but she has like maybe one or two issues she really cares about. And then, you know, is curious about other things, but like doesn't have time to keep up with other stuff. And like, I made her have like one kid. Anyway, I think about Sarah and I'm like, what does she need to know about tomorrow? Um, And I kind of try and, you know, do it like based on that. And I also prioritize, I would say actually international stories because um, I lived abroad growing up and I feel like it's really important to be plugged into like the global community. And I think that's something that's skipped over a lot by other news sources here in the US. Like we'll champion like a much less important news story that's happening here versus one that's happening far away that's like a million people died today you know in this tragedy Mm -hmm. and like we're like putting it you know just like one little snippet about it in like the bottom corner Mm -hmm. um I think that's like totally out of whack and that we're all like really more connected than we know and so I try I do try and prioritize international just because I think she's not getting that as much and especially because um you know this also start part of our mission too is women in the heartland to engage them in more information because there's a lot of just sort of like like this is not the most educated part of the country and to make an easy way that will fit seamlessly into her day to stay connected with the global community like I had the luxury the absolute luxury of being able to travel a lot with my family as a child live abroad live in international cities like DC um New York Brussels you know I I that was a a blessing and a privilege. And a lot of the women here in the heartland don't get that opportunity. And so I want to kind of use my perspective to kind of help them connect with people who might live far away. So Mm. that's also part of our mission too. So I kind of think through those two lenses and I make a judgment call and (laughs) I can always catch them up the next day on whatever ones I did not do. And I definitely have like a spreadsheet that, um, helps me keep track of ones that need to be reported on, but that didn't get covered in that day's episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's so important. And I did sort of like a binge listen to a lot of the episodes and I can't do that with other news podcasts, not just because you're a guest on the show right now, but it's like you have the sort of industry leaders, but 
they still present it in kind of that partisan way or the sort of um, money interests that focus what you see on the news um, based on like advertising and things like that. And Mm -hmm. um, And I always report on like the same stories over and over again. I found like COVID, 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 COVID. Like that's (laughs) been like, I'm like, okay, I get it. It is important, but like there are other stories happening in the world. And like also Mm -hmm. people need some heartfelt uplifting stories or funny stories, Mm -hmm. you know, um, to kind of balance things. So I reported on, um, I don't know if you listened to this one, but, um, a 73 year old woman, like scammed a scammer and like got him caught by the police. And it was just like, yeah, he was calling, trying to like scam her over the phone. And she's like, Nope. And she, (laughs) um, set up like a sting basically. And the police came and like got the guy and like, those guys are really hard to catch. And I just thought that was such a great story. And so, I, when I can, you know, definitely when it's a slow news day, I have like a little list of sort of evergreen stories. Like I could tell that story a year from now and it would still have the same impact of being funny and like really, mm-hmm. you know, a great story. And so I kind of keep those in my back pocket as well, um, mm-hmm. just to pull out to kind of round something out and also like cut back on the drama. Like that mm-hmm. is also like a cool news story, but it's like, it doesn't need to be like hair on fire. The earth is exploding you know Mm -hmm. I just I think that's important to be aware of but I also think you know we gotta have some balance exactly (laughs) it almost has like a local news kind of feel the way where it's just like stories that you're interested in that impact your life in a way that doesn't make you want to like turn off the tv or like Mm. take out your headphones or something like that and I think that's a really incredible sort of balance to um strike that's the goal (laughs) yeah (laughs) And through all of this, I know we were talking about the process of setting up the podcast, but what has been the biggest adjustment you've made to the business overall since you started it? Mm, Probably the Um, Mm rebrand. I think that's been like tough to find footing just because um, I do want to like slowly phase myself out, but I also see that hurting us sometimes. Like Um, When I really cut, there was one point where I cut back a lot on personal content and I just wanted it Mm -hmm. to be um, news and, and resharing and just kind of like more like, you know, shit you should care about, or like some of these other modern platforms. Um, And it just wasn't working. Like our engagement dropped quite a bit. So Mm -hmm. I kind of was like, well, what changed? And I was like, oh yeah, me, I like am not present on here in my life. And that was intentional, but I think I realized like, because I started it as a personal blog, people do get invested in your life and like people are nosy. I'm nosy. I love to see behind the scenes (laughs) stuff and like what's going on in someone's life. And so I think we've been able to strike a pretty good balance and, you know, it will evolve. Um, but because I'm the host and everything, it, it makes sense, I think, to have a face of it. And so I'm, I've decided kind of that like, yes, I'm the face of it, but I'm also like going to share a ton of information and, we've struck that balance, I think pretty well, but like, that's something mm-hmm. that just like, it's, it's never ending, you know, that question. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one thing that's been, um, a big struggle. Launching merch also took me forever. <laughs> Cause there's just so many ways to do that. Um, and yeah, yeah. I'd say those two are two pretty big hurdles. Wow. Yeah. And how do you go through the process of diversifying the brand going through those struggles because you've done it quite a bit and we talked about how some of that has already like has always been part of your plan but how do you I guess to throw in a cliche like how do you roll with the punches how do you just keep updating um the brand when there isn't always a bunch of guidance out there on how to do that 
Well, I definitely keep my eyes on the prize and like what I'm trying to do with it. Um, mm-hmm. I have a vision board that I made like before I launched and mm-hmm. it, I had no idea what a guidepost it would be when I'm like, what the F am I doing? Like, what is this? <laughs> it is scatterbrained. It's not, you know, I, maybe I do need a niche or whatever. I just look at that board and I'm like, no, this is a concept. And like, I know mm-hmm. what it is and I don't need to change anything. I just need to run at that. And mm-hmm. like, keep an eye on your short-term goals too, because I always have goals going, whether I hit them or not, they serve as a guidepost and they kind of keep you going to the next thing. Um, whether it's launching merch or something else that, you know, and I definitely believe in like vision boards and things like that, because it just keeps you focused. Like, it's not like magic or anything like that. Like people try and make it sound like, um, it's not like you put it on the vision board and it magically happens for you, but I think Mm -hmm. they definitely serve as a great guidepost of like what you really want to get out of it. And Mm -hmm. having one concise goal for like the year or six months, even sometimes I think six month goals are actually like way more effective because you don't get like burned out, um, as much on them. And so it's more like bite size. So, um, I tend to set like a six month goal for myself, but, um, yeah, long story short, I think having some, some vision boards, I guess is like the key, but, um, basically keeping your eyes on what you're trying to accomplish. Mm, That's a really, that's really great advice. And I think burnout and avoiding burnout is really essential, especially even when you're in the business and it's been successful for a while. Um, is there something that you do throughout the day or throughout the week to avoid that burnout, especially when you're doing a daily podcast? Of course. And it's taking breaks for me. It just, that's the name of the game because, Mm -hmm. um, I, I had an interview series with, um, you know, we produced wildly capable woman podcast and it's great. Mm -hmm. I really recommend it. Um, these women are from all walks of life. And one of my questions that I asked every woman was where do you go when you need to like refill your cup and get new inspiration? Mm. And I got so many answers. And, you know, it's interesting because there was one person who kind of tried to pretend like I don't get burned out. Mm. They're like, I push through, I have discipline. And it's like, okay, (laughs) we all get burned out. Like, (laughs) so that's just like not real. Um, And I feel like you do have to have discipline. Absolutely. Like I have to pull my butt out of bed and do it. No one's going to do it for me. You know, I run my own business, but at the same time, avoiding burnout is like the name of the game, like prevention. And so I take breaks throughout the day. I love a break. And I feel Mm -hmm. like, you know, there's a lot of science behind it. If you read online, like taking a 10 minute break every couple hours really helps you to reset and like truly Mm -hmm. taking a break. Like, you know, don't look at your phone. Like, you know, I turn on like a TV show or something and just like lay on the couch, like a vegetable. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like that. I feel after that, I'm like, okay, I need to get up and do something. And you feel motivated to do that. So I think preventing that burnout by spending time in nature is a huge one for me. Mm -hmm. Connecting with people who inspire you, who are like completely positive people in your life. That's really important. And then just taking breaks throughout. So you don't get to that point. Cause I've been burnt out. I've, I've been there hard, sorry, at different times. Um, but I, and I kind of, I think this is interesting. Like in the beginning, when I was starting out, like very, very beginning, I was way too relaxed and Mm. I would wake up whenever I wanted to do. I'm like, I'm my own boss. I get to like (laughs) do what I want. And that wasn't being effective. Mm -hmm. And so then I swung to the complete other extreme where I was like, (laughs) I have to be awake at 6am and I'm never taking a break. And, you know, I, I saw sort of the detriment of both of those things. And I just, Mm. that Christmas, I like 
fell apart. I like, couldn't get back up. You know, I, it, it felt like, you know, I just wanted to like live in a little hole, and, like, you know, not do anything. And so mm-hmm. I realized that this is burnout. That's what this mm-hmm. is. And so I need to figure out how to combat that and find balance in the day-to-day. And so I started with, and this is a great advice for entrepreneurs who are starting out, I think, is just pretend it's a nine to five, like nine, you check in five, you check out. Now that's not realistic with the podcast anymore. Cause I need to record a little bit later, just in case like some crazy news thing happens. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, maybe it shifts a little bit, but like nine o'clock I need to be working, you know, like that's mm-hmm. kind of the line. And, but I, if I feel motivated to start earlier, great. And if I don't, mm-hmm. then I don't. And I don't beat myself up over that. Cause I just think of it like it's my nine to five kind of thing. So hope that helps. <laughs> Definitely does. It helps me. <laughs> um, and is, was there any element of that burnout discussion that kind of translated to news du jour that you saw it in the news as well? And the burnout, mm. like a different, a very different kind of burnout, but kind of like the news mm. fatigue that's talked about a lot. Yeah, I, it definitely, I think where it manifests for me is I'll get really emotional certain days where like mm. everything just seems so sad or like really scary. Um, there mm. was one news story that I covered where it was like these floods in China mm. and they had imagery of the subway. A bunch of people died in the subway, which is like one thing to say it, but they had pictures of these people like with water up to their chin, you know, literally like struggling to breathe. Um, and it was like a cell phone picture and it was dark because the power was out from the flood. And I was just like picturing my little sister who lives in New York city. And I was like texting her furiously. Like if there's ever a flood or crazy rainstorm, do not go into the subway under any circumstances. Like she probably was like, okay, got it. Like, cool. Like That's like common sense. But, um, but I was like, no, like, like that just seemed like the scariest thing to experience. Like, even if you lived Mm -hmm. through that, like, oh my gosh, the trauma that would like, Mm -hmm. anyway, so that kind of is like where it will hit me sometimes or like any conversations about genocide. I think that's always really overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And like kind of what's going on in um, a lot of the African countries, we're seeing a lot of like, um, they're calling them like a coup where like the Mm -hmm. military is just taking over the country. And I'm like, how does this even get turned around? Like I, you know, Mm -hmm. and I, I, you know, I kind of end things on a positive note. I try to every time, which like, Mm -hmm. you know, my cousin has like teased me about that. She's like, I just like feel like warm and fuzzy at the end of every story, (laughs) no matter what it was about. And I'm like, well, I think that's just my personality trying to like Mm -hmm. put a positive spin at the end, but there's some that just, you, you don't, you can't, Mm -hmm. um, there's no positivity to find. And it's just sad. And, you know, of course, being a calmer space to consume the news is the goal, not a happier space because some news mm-hmm. is sad and it's still important to cover. And so that's, I think what I always remind myself of is just like, listen, somebody needs to know about this. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the fact that it's hitting home, that's okay. Like they, Sarah, my fictional girl mm-hmm. and you need <laughs> to know about this, you know, and having my emotion come out in the story is fine. I think that's like actually a good thing because it matters, but also to just keep in mind to keep it calm. Like, so striking Mm -hmm. that balance is, is sort of what I aim for, but I don't really have like a mechanism that I have in place to deal with that. I just think part of like the human experience. And I think reminding myself that Sarah quote unquote needs Mm -hmm. to hear this is like, 
reminds me of my mission and why I'm doing it in the first place and makes it feel worth it. That's an amazing practice. Is there, I guess, for both the podcast and your content creation, because you've kept up the amazing, dreamy, wonderful partnerships that you've done um, on your Instagram. What do you tell yourself when maybe you wake up and try to get yourself up to that 9am and you don't really want to make content that day? You're burnt out from the news. You're emotional from the news. Is there something you tell yourself? Do you look at the vision board? Kind of what's something you do on those days? Well, um, I definitely feel that way sometimes. And sometimes it's like, you know, certain brands, it may be harder to create content. Like I'm not really sure what they want, um, but we have some amazing partnerships coming up that I'm like super excited about that are just like different. I'll tell you. Um, I can't tell everybody, but I'll tell you afterwards. But um, (laughs) long story short, um, they, what I do is I just, I'm like, this is my job. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. I remind myself like, this is your dream job. This is what you've always wanted to do. So, you know, like we're going to figure it out. And like, you know, I kind of just start, I, I make a start and I think like, yeah, this actually happened to me yesterday. <laughs> so I'm, you know, thinking about that. And I basically like, I, when I'm creating content, I always do it with music going or with a podcast going, um, days that I feel more burnt out for some reason, I want like a podcast that's like a story in the background. So my brain is like, feeling like I'm kind of relaxing, but meanwhile I'm working and, um, I set up my lights. I set up like different things and I just play with it until I find something that hits. And like, Mm -hmm. I call it hitting, like, I'm like, okay, that, that looks good. Um, let's like go in that direction and kind of just like roll with it. And sometimes it's like the very last thing that you do that like actually looks good. Um, so I think it's definitely like a pro it's an art, not a science, like at the end of the day. And there's a lot of, um, things about this, what I do that are science that are like checking off boxes, but content creation is an art. And Mm -hmm. I think it, I love that side of it. And so just reminding myself, like, there's no way to make sure that this happens perfectly. Like it's just sort of something that comes about and sometimes something even more magical than you anticipated can pop out. And so, um, you know, those days are incredible. So like, you know, I kind of just like hope that it's going to be one of those days and I try and find some good light and, Mm -hmm. you know, roll with the punches, but I definitely am always creating with some type of music or or podcast going on in the background to inspire me or to kind of like occupy my brain and like let's just make a start because once you get started it's never as bad as like you built it up in your head to be that's Mm -hmm. my personal opinion yeah it's like once you take the first step and you're like oh this is something that I love to do it's just getting over that first hill Um, yes yeah and like remembering like also like all the girls that I look up to in this industry who are doing this every day and knowing Mm -hmm. like they go through the same thing and Mm -hmm. I think it's like hard because you know it is like such a comparison game in a lot of ways but I remember there's this one these group of girls that I follow religiously and I like love them and they did like a merch shoot right before my merch was launching and I was Mm -hmm. like and they like launched their merch and I looked at their picture. I was like, oh my God, this is like so perfect. Kind of hate them. Like, how am I Mm. going to create something so perfect? Like this must've just like come together. They're just so spontaneous. And I really thought this looked effortless. And I really thought that it was like genuinely in my head. And then their podcast episode about their merch shoot Mm-hmm. It was ter- it was terrible. Like they like <laughs> ended up at the sewer place that smelled like horrible, oh and like gosh. they were all like almost like one of them like threw up from the smell. Like they were like literally at a sewage place, and like I 
I had no idea. And I was sitting there thinking like, oh, this was so easy for them. And like, that's really gross. Like Mm -hmm. I've never had anything that extreme, like go wrong on a shoot. So I was like, okay, like I have to stop assuming things, you know, Mm -hmm. right now, like, you know, just because something looks effortless and looks beautiful, like, like good for them. Like they made it work. They put a smile on their face, even though they were like trying to not throw up. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, that is, that's where the work is at. And I think like people don't understand like that, that can be really difficult at times, like trying to Mm -hmm. create something beautiful when you don't feel like it at all. So Mm -hmm. I think they, you know, every other content creator goes through the same struggles and whether Mm -hmm. they admit to it or not is like up to them. But, you know, just like the theme of this podcast, I'm very unfiltered. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) I let them know like what I'm going through when I'm going through it. And, um, I appreciated that these girls did that too, because, um, and to give them a shout out, it's the, that's so sabotage podcast. So they talk mm-hmm. about like what happened in their week that was sabotage. And so obviously <laughs> this shoot for them was incredibly sabotage. And I, um, have no idea looking at the pictures, you would not know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, an amazing growing trend on social media right now is you have influencers, you have creators being like, Hey, look, this looks super put together, but here's what happened that made it kind of a hot mess. And that was like a personal goal of mine is like, I'll be scrolling through Instagram. And if I see a creator that kind of just messes with my mental health, because it's just all perfect all the time, there's never a rest. There's never the transparency, like either maybe like mute them or unfollow them just because like it's beautiful content, but it's just not for me. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's always refreshing when I like see your icon pop up and I like stories because I'm like I know I'm gonna get a dose of realness today and um I mean aside from the thousand other reasons that we wanted to have you on the podcast that's a main one is that you are kind of the embodiment of the mission of our podcast and um it has been so wonderful chatting with you about your career and um before we switch into the rapid fires are there any things about you that we didn't cover that maybe you think are really important for our audience to know about you mm-hmm. that is that like behind the scenes stuff um yeah actually um you said i'm a health advocate so mm-hmm. i do have a chronic illness and actually um i'm surprised i didn't bring that up and how the everything came about so my chronic illness kind of pushed me into starting this in the first place because mm-hmm. I just thought this is some pie in the sky idea that I have, like, I wasn't ready to pursue it. And when I got sick, I have a stomach. Well, it's a nerve condition in your brain, but it functions as a stomach condition. Like the symptoms are in your stomach. And so, um, I was sick, like nauseous every single day. It's like having a stomach bug that never goes away. That's what it was like in the very beginning. And it was really hard to be at work. As you can imagine, like you're trying to work through like intense nausea, like it, it, I just thought I can't do this. Like I can't do this forever. Like this is not sustainable. And so I do have a full podcast episode about that. If you want to dive in, but it's called gastroparesis is what I have. And it pushed me to be like, what can I do for my couch? You know, like, mm-hmm. I just want to be comfortable and have time and space to figure out what I can eat and what's not going to make me sick. And, um, so that's what really gave me the push to start looking into starting the blog and everything. And I'd had that idea. Like I said, since I was 22, I didn't start it until I was like 25, I think, um, maybe 26. And yeah, that gap, I was just working, um, as a personal stylist actually. So I do have like a great love of fashion and like, that's something that definitely is a big part of what we do. But, um, I think my, my health journey is something that like is really, 
can be invisible sometimes. So I'm trying to speak up about it more just for the people Mm -hmm. who are working corporate jobs and can't talk about it as much. Like I have that luxury (laughs) to Mm -hmm. be able to say like, I'm sick and like, it's not fun. And, um, so that's part of being unfiltered, I guess, is just letting people know like what's going on behind the scenes. And so I always advocate for other people with gastroparesis because not everybody's in a position to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, been really inspiring to see how you weave that into your content because it is just woven into who you are as a person and who you are as a businesswoman and uh, as an outsider looking in like it it does like it just all kind of fits together in the puzzle that makes you you and um, it's been inspiring to watch and sort of inspires me to talk about things that maybe people can't talk about as much and do it. uh, Yes. (laughs) Yeah. It, it has been great because that's, I think how you connect with people is like, it's something that maybe they don't know about you and it's something that's a little more vulnerable or something that isn't talked about. And um, then you find people who can relate. And I think that's um, for me, that's sort of what this whole social media thing is about is connecting with people who are like you, but maybe you wouldn't connect with otherwise. Um, Amen. Yes. And, and on that note, we're going to switch into rapid fires, um, mm-hmm. with really like short answers, <laughs> um, okay. but we got five questions. And so first thing that comes into your head doesn't have to be poetic, even though I'm sure it will be because it's you. <laughs> um, and so first thing that pops into your head, um, So first question, what is the first thing that you do in the morning when you wake up? Make coffee. (laughs) Mm. Go to coffee order or coffee recipe? Uh, Espresso, probably one shot, sometimes two with just uh, skim milk or oat milk. Amazing. I love oat milk. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Such a like millennial cusp, Um, but oat milk is amazing. (laughs) What is the best piece of advice that you've received? Ooh, this is hard on a rapid fire. Um, (laughs) let's see, probably I just, I guess be who you are because everybody Mm -hmm. else is taken. That's just like the first one that pops in my head, but just, Mm -hmm. and that is a big part of your brand too. And I didn't do that intentionally, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) I do think like, if you're trying to be anybody else, like it's never going to be, it's never going to work because you're always going to be you. So got to lean into that. Mm, so wise. Mm. And, um, what is your favorite podcast right now, aside from your own? Um, I definitely am a true crime person. So right Mm -hmm. now I'm very much addicted to this one called the wild boys. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like unfolding or they're like releasing it right now, but it's about these boys in Canada who claimed that they lived like out in the woods and, they didn't, but like, oh. I don't know where they're from yet. Cause they're like slowly mm-hmm. unfolding it, but it was some sort of a big con, but they were like teenage boys who just like wandered out of the woods in Canada. And like, it, it's been really wow. like a fascinating, like thing to follow. So oh, highly recommend adding it to my list. Uh, what is a self-care fad that you're into at the moment? Ooh, just kind of like the PM routine, like a nighttime, like wind down routine. Like I'm mm-hmm. addicted to that. Cause I sleep mm-hmm. 10 times better and, um, you know, turning down the lights and like really doing it, it it's hard to find time, but it, it makes such a huge difference in my sleep, which makes mm-hmm. a huge difference in my next day and et cetera. Yes. Yeah. 
uh, speaking of the skinny confidential as we were earlier, I just got her ice roller and I nice. do that at night and it is just like a deep breath. It is uh, so wonderful. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I need to do it because my face has been extra puffy with pregnancy. Yeah. <laughs> she just did a whole storyline on it because now that she's pregnant, mm-hmm. she was like, all of these are pregnancy safe and like good when she's for pregnant it. again. Yes. Yeah. <gasps> I think I she missed announced- that. Oh my God. Oh my God. I did not know that. <laughs> I'm going to have to like immediately get off and go yeah. do that as soon as we're done. <laughs> I think she wow. announced the same day that Rihanna did. And my oh. friends and I were texting. We're like, Lauren's <laughs> pregnant again. Rihanna's pregnant. What's happening today? What is happening? Oh my God. How cool. <laughs> so cool. Um, and our final now signature question, and we've definitely addressed it quite a few times, but what makes you unfiltered? Um, I, I said this in the beginning kind of jokingly, but I really mean it. I think like God, like, I think I popped out of the womb, um, unfiltered. I've never, I've never been one for like hiding who I am. I can't keep a secret to save my life. And so, um, yeah, that's a major struggle for me. And so, um, yeah, I would just say that this is kind of how I am, but also like great advice from people to encourage me to be, uh, less filtered and just be who I am. I think that's, you know, that's what led me to to be unfiltered. Such a great way to cap off such a wonderful episode. Um, We have been looking forward to this for so long and you have been the most wonderful guest. So thank you for joining. And I guess as a final note, where can all of our followers get off this episode and go find you? Absolutely. So our podcast again is called News Du Jour. That is N-E-W-S-D-U-J-O-U-R like to spell it for people. I have a French <laughs> background. So to me, it's like, duh, it's like soup du jour. But um, <laughs> some people are like, wait, what? I took Spanish. Um, so our Instagram though, is just sugarfreemedia.co. Our TikTok is sugarfreemedia. And then our website is sugarfreemedia.co. You can also always read our news du jour as a transcript. If um, that's a better format for you, we always post that every day to our pod or to our website. So that's always an option, but we have a ton of blog posts up there too, that with recipes and all kinds of cool stuff. So definitely give us a follow on social, um, and check out our podcast. Wonderful. Well, thank you again so much, Annie. It has been wonderful having you on and for all of our listeners, just scroll down in our show notes and we will link all of these profiles. So make sure to go follow and go listen. Thanks Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Little Bit Unfiltered. If you liked what you heard, feel free to give us a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. We are grateful to each and every review, comment, like, DM. We see you. We hear you. We love you. And we'll see you next time.